Life Audio. Hey, friend, thanks for listening to the Compared to Who show today. I'm Heather Creekmore, your host. Today, I'm excited to interview Elisa Keaton, and she's talking all about her new book, which is really interesting to me. It's a topic that I have been digging into a lot this summer, and that is how trauma actually affects our body physically and how some of our body image related issues may be connected to our past trauma of all kinds. It doesn't have to be big stuff. It can be little T traumas too. So if you don't know Elisa, she's written a couple books. She leads a ministry called Revelation Wellness or RevWell. And she's got fitness instructors who are I think it's gospel preachers, fitness teachers. I might have gone that backwards, <laughs> but they're all over the country. Great group of women. If you're looking for someone um, who will keep you focused on Christ while you work out, that's a great place to look. But today, my interview with Elisa is, I think, really going to open your eyes to some things that maybe you've never even thought about before. So I'm glad you're here. Hey, I'm looking for new coaching clients as we go into fall. I'm going to be starting a new course course, which is going to have some coaching connected to it. But if you want to grab just a couple individual spots with me this month, your time is running out. So go check out the coaching offerings at comparedto.me and look for the coaching tab. Let's go. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Elisa Keaton, thanks so much for being on the Compared to Who show today. Heather, I'm so excited to be here. I love the topic of your podcast and it's right up my alley. Uh, well, I know we have a lot of women and, and men, I think too, <laughs> that yes. are in a place where I know you've been, where I've been, where there's some frustration yeah. around the body, right? This is a very sure. common thing. <laughs> we live in a culture that tells us all that frustration can be fixed with the right food and the right exercise, mm -hmm. but it's so much mm -hmm. deeper than that. And so I love where you've gone in your new book and I can't wait to get into that today, but I would love just to start with hearing your story. I'd love my listeners to get to know you a little bit more. Will you just tell us yeah. a little bit about you and kind of yes. where you've been on this journey? Yes. Well, uh, I'm Elisa Keaton and I am a radical lover of Jesus in that he is so much better and wonderful than we could ever ask or imagine. And it's an ever evolving journey of following him. He's kind, he's compassionate. My heart is not uh, kind compared to his, but he has transformed me by his his love and mercy and grace. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I have two kids. I have, I can't, well, they're always kids, but they're adults. Now. I have a 21 year old <laughs> son 
he's actually 22. He just turned 22, graduated from college just this past weekend. My daughter is a sophomore in high in, in college and I've been married 25 years. And when I was 14 years old, I took my first aerobics class and I was met by the Lord in that moment. I didn't know it was, but I was, and it changed me and I wanted to do more of it. This was 1985. I would spend my little babysitting money to belong to this little place called Fitness Source. It was just a little, little, uh, storefront strip mall room where people would go and literally had their, they had a record player in the corner and the, <laughs> the instructor walked in and put on the album on the record player. We would all spin awesome. around. There was no, there was no rhythm or rhyme to it. And I remember we would bounce around so much that sometimes the record player would skip. <laughs> And it would be a nice little water break for everyone. It was delightful, but there was something in the movement that I'm 14 years old. And when I would lay there on the cool down, it just did something in me. I felt seen. I felt safe. I felt loved. I felt strong. And I knew something was happening in that moment. I didn't know what it was, but I continued to seek after it. And then like most things, good things become your God thing. And Mm -hmm. I fell deep into the heart of fitness. My body responded to to it. Uh, People suggested I should compete. I did that. I hated it, but I did it because people said I would be good at it. I just kept following kind of the wave of the world in fitness Mm -hmm. and health and wellness. But I really did love people and wanted to help them. I I knew that there was something profound about the fact that we could change. Like we weren't stuck. Everything can change. Mm -hmm. Um, And I began to meet with clients and start uh, training them and helping them the best I could around the age of 22, I believe that's 30 years ago. And um, I just started to see there was more to it. There had to be more to it than just whittling down thighs and pumping up biceps. There had to be more. And I, I had my own lack in my, my own body in terms of my soul. I had everything on the outside, but inside I was insecure. I was uh, like, my heart was hard. I was, I was tough on my husband. Like it was just all my stuff of my, my life, all my disappointments, hangups, habits, and hurts were following me, even though my body looked good on the outside. And then I realized it's all the same. Some people, it's a struggle on the outside and they feel constantly discontent on the inside or others can make it look good on the outside, but we're still discontent. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. And when I was ready to realize I have poverty of spirit, no matter how much I can do with my physical body or goals I can achieve, I need the kingdom of God. And that's where life changed for me. And uh, this ministry of revelation wellness began. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I think so many can relate. I mean, you know, my audience is mostly women who've struggled with body image issues, Mm -hmm. but a lot of them are struggling with body image issues and have been kind of on a similar path to you. Maybe they competed in fitness competitions or like me taught aerobics classes at the front of the room thinking, wow, that girl in the front row has a better high kick than I do. (laughs) That girl in the back has better legs than I do. You know, it's so, so recognizing that having the body that culture tells us will fix it all. Doesn't fix it. It's so important. It doesn't. It sure doesn't. Yeah. And what you've done in this next book, I Mm -hmm. think it takes it, this takes it the whole conversation to a place where it hasn't been yet. In my opinion, Amen. I've been, yes, I've been following this for a while and it feels like we are <laughs> going in un- 
uncharted territory. We are. We yes. are. So what led you there? Yes. Well, I wrote my first book, The Wellness Revelation. And that was actually the first thing I began to do when God was showing me there was more. I wanted to help my people go further than just trying to reach a goal. And I saw two patterns always emerging. People become obsessive about their goal and like their life would shrink because they would be all about their body perfection. And then that can't be maintained. And then they would swing over to neglect or people never got the goal and they just lived and camped in neglect. So obsessive and neglect happen. So I wrote my first book, The Wellness Revelation, to kind of help redefine uh, health and body and wellness and what it's about. That, that book is about losing what weighs you down so you can love God yourself and others. And it really was about losing what was weighing us down is we've kind of put a terrible title on what uh, health and fitness should be trying to showing people that there's God's definition of our bodies is, is bigger than, and that was a great place to start. But what I found is that people could still read that book and have the revelation that God is at the center of it all and love the truth, but still feel stuck. So you can know what's right to do, have a paradigm of what your health and wellness is for, but still feel stuck about getting it done. And I knew that because that was my own journey. Maybe it wasn't with my body, but I knew what was right to do when it came to my relationships as a mother to my children, as a wife to my husband. I knew what I, the Bible would, I would read and would encourage me to do, but I couldn't do it. Mm. So I thought this has to be the same for anyone who wants to make a change, but you can't make the change. What is the issue, God? And it was in my own journey of, of further holistic health and healing that I needed where I discovered a revelation of who Jesus is mm. in our body, that it is our pain of our youth or disappointments, chronic disappointments, life letting us down over and over again. So it doesn't have to be some big moment in life that happened to you, or it can be ongoing moments of disappointment. So capital T or little T trouble, trauma, adversity, or stress, those don't just affect you and then are gone. They can change the operation organization of your brain. Once I understood my brain was not optimizing the way it should or could, that was when I got real serious about healing. What mm -hmm. do I need to do to heal? Because you can have a healthy body and not be right. healed. Can right. I get an amen? You amen. can have um, the, all the muscle and all look good right. on the outside, but be rotten on the inside. And right. I was still that. So there has to be more. I needed congruency. Mm -hmm. I needed my mind, what I knew and would renew my mind in the word to then be lived out. And that is what the body revelation is. It's about physical and spiritual practices because it takes practice to metabolize pain and stress. Mm -hmm. Jesus says in John 16, 33, in this world, you will have trouble, mm -hmm. trauma, problems. You are yeah. going to have things go wrong, but you can take heart. I've overcome the world. So mm -hmm. the book is about teaching people how to metabolize, take heart, be of, I mean, that word means be of good courage and good mm -hmm. cheer. Good mm -hmm. courage means we're going to do hard things. Mm -hmm. And while you do hard things, while you walk through the valley, you can have joy. You can have what Jesus had because he too walked. So it's a bigger dive into the stress, the, the pain and, that has affected us, not just spiritually, but biologically too, and how we can heal through practices that uh, are all throughout the book. 
Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I love that. Well, one thing I've always appreciated about your ministry is you haven't been afraid to use the I word, the idol word. Because yes. uh, when I wrote my first book, I felt like everything I had searched for, I couldn't find anything that connected body image, body size, weight loss to idolatry. And so I've always appreciated that, that about what you've done. But what I noticed with this book and it kind of reaffirms what I found working with my own clients is that it's good to recognize the idolatry, right? Like that's, that's yeah. kind of step one, like, okay, this yeah. is a spiritual problem. This is a heart problem. But yet so many, like I see the idolatry. I hear what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. Oh man, how do I overcome yes. all the junk from my past that right. has, you know, not that we have given excuse for our sin necessarily, right? Like we're so responsible right. for it, but, but like, wow, I got to this place through a journey that was yes. hard and that's yes. why it's so tough now. So yes. I appreciate you mm. kind of going there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You said something that I agree with, uh, that, it's, I, I, and I say this in the book, the, where you are, however conditioned, whatever you find yourself in, and you're not well, you have sickness, disease, whatever it is, you just, you can't seem to do what you know to do. I just really feel like the Lord was saying, tell them it's not their fault. Yeah. It's not your fault, but we aren't responsible but we have responsibility, mm -hmm. meaning you're not responsible because generationally this has been sin passed down. I mean, the odds are stacked against us, everyone. Mm -hmm. Sin has been crouching at our door, our mama's door, our generational down door, and it's almost too overwhelming, mm -hmm. but take heart. He's overcome the world. So in his overcoming, we now have an ability to respond to the trauma, the pain, the hurt, the idolatry, the temptation, this, mm -hmm. this flesh desire that I have, I now have a courage and ability to respond to it in a way, not because I've done something of 
of strength or value or worth, but because of what he mm-hmm. did. And and we ought to remember too, I think sometimes the Lord wants, he says, cast your cares on me, mm-hmm. cast that on me. He, he started this thing. He mm-hmm. knew that the tempter was going to come and he knew that we would choose not according to what he would desire best. He's writing the story all the time towards redemption, but he left us with free will to choose. Mm -hmm. So although this is not your, where you are right now, yes, we do co-sin. Yes, we can, we're choosing sometimes to continue to partner with those sick, those ideas that cause sickness in us. I talk about that in the book, the things we believe affect our biology and down goes our immune system. So when Jesus says, do not worry, it's not because, oh, that's really rude. And you make me look bad when you worry. (laughs) That just shows you're not having faith. He's like, yeah, no, it's actually really bad for you. You are not designed to hold that. Mm -hmm. So I've created you with that vulnerability. Choose me. And I will give you the ability to respond to this Mm -hmm. sin, this temptation in a way you never thought you could do apart from me. Yeah, that's good. Well, early in your book, you talk about, you know, kind of how we've just, I guess, acclimated to sitting in the pain. Like we've just developed all these coping mechanisms. Like this is how I handle my trauma. This is how I handle my stress. In fact, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard this or not. I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was with a trauma therapist. And she was Mm -hmm. talking about how those of us who have I don't know that she clarified big T trauma versus little T trauma, but those of us Mm -hmm. who have some sort of trauma response Mm -hmm. are the ones most likely to engage in over-exercising, overeating, mm-hmm. or over-drinking yep. because yes. that's when we can actually feel something. That's like good. we spend so much time numbed out. And yes. so early in your book, you're kind of talking about that. And you, you said something about like, because that's safe. And I remember thinking like, well, that's safe, but it's not safe, but yet right. you're right. It feels safe to us convinced ourselves yes. that it's safe. So your book is kind of a journey out of that, shall I say, comfort zone? Yes, <laughs> it is, right? friends. I mean, the word has pain on it. We're going right. to, the way through is through. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, so tell us how the book's set up. Like what, what should we expect? Yes. Uh, the book is, is set up um, in six stages of metabolizing pain. So it does help you to kind of drop the pin on where you are. So we talk about stage one is about your desire. Uh, we all have desires. Some are good. Some are not so good. Some lead us into righteousness if we want them to, and we're looking for God to be at the center. And some can just lead us away. Like Mike, for me, fitness was a good thing. Health, my working out was fun. I enjoyed it, but then I made it my God thing. Mm-hmm. So I dropped the pin on desire. The fact that we have desire is is part of why you take your next breath. You desire it. If you didn't want to desire to be here anymore, you could stop breathing and die even though I think our body would still fight for us, but (laughs) there's desire is our first stage. And then I talk about um, this ability to recognize that the things we have desired that are not God uh, at the center do create a marring in us. They do create a change in structure of our brain. Pain changes the structure. So I got to get into the science of the response of sin. That sin, again, isn't just a spiritually, my soul is bad, I'm bad. It's also, this also negatively affects my body as well. Down goes everything. So the second stage, um, I do that as talking about how pain, misplaced and misused desires Uh, can change us. And then in stage three, we talk about expressing, we have to express 
what's going on. So we talk about emotions and feelings and felt sense. We talk about really coming online with what we feel. And stage five, it is about um, staying the, or I'm sorry, four is humility. We talk about the stage of processing our pain through humility is coming to the Lord. And then the fifth stage is about staying uh, the course, even though it gets hard, humility is hard. We want to think, we, we tend to think if I humble myself, God's going to lift me up in like a day, <laughs> right? Like it's going to happen right away. It's just a faithfulness of living in this posture of humility. He raises us up and we're going to need the endurance for that. And then the sixth stage, I talk about taking ownership. Like what would it be to take ownership of our bodies, our lives of what God's doing? So each stage kind of helps you move through. And I've written it in 24 chapters. So there's bite-sized chapters, bite-sized. And I mean that you can literally read a chapter probably in, in less than 20 minutes or so, so that you can then do what's at the end of the chapter. There's some metabolize, uh, the metabolize section where I ask you not just to read this book, but do this book. So there's three parts to metabolizing our pain and that's mind mouth move. Mind means you're going to ask yourself some deep questions to based on what you just read mouth, I ask you to actually say out loud, not just say in your head, but say out loud a prayer that's been written for you that, that backs up what you've read in the book. Then the third part of the metabolize to me is the, the secret sauce is I ask mm-hmm. you to put on a pair of shoes and go for a walk with me. Mm-hmm. You'll have an audio link at the end of each chapter that correlates with the chapter you just read for you to process. When you go for a walk, it's bilateral stimulation of the brain. Mm-hmm. There's parts of us that I th- a higher reasoning can be accessed because the emotional brain, the body brain, the lower part of your brain that develops early in the mother's womb, um, that gets put to work or it's actually busy as it's moving the body and processing. And then there's just something that happens. And I promise you, because there's scripture in there, there's some music that's played, there's something that God will do to encounter you in that movement section of each chapter. So that's kind of the outline of the book and you can take it at your own pace. I've just read today, a woman was saying, you know, she's doing a chapter a day then she's going for the walk a chapter a day. I'm like, wow, that's, that's beautiful. It'll be a process for her. Yeah. That's awesome. And I guess now I know why I come up with all my best ideas while I'm walking. You Although it's frustrating. <laughs> it is. A notebook with me. <laughs> it's true. It's so, so true. I mean, I, I do a lot of creative content and when I get stumped, I actually force myself after 45 minutes of a timer I stand up and I move. I just get, go get a drink. I just take a break from what I'm doing. But if I'm really, really stuck, I go for a walk and I talk and I think and I don't force myself. I just become available. That's good. That's good. Can we zero in on something? And and I hate putting authors on the spot because I know I hate it when I'm put on the spot. It's like, remember page 57? It's like, no, I no, go ahead. Ago. But, go ahead. But the adverse childhood experiences oh. study. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a minute? Simply because I feel like a lot of the women I talk to and work with would say, well, you know, my parents didn't beat me. Yeah, no one good. died. Mm-hmm. They didn't even divorce. Like I had a fine childhood. There can't be anything from childhood that's affecting me. And, and that's not all there is to it. (laughs) Amen. So could you kind of lay that out? I think that'll bring comfort Mm -hmm. to women who have maybe even shamed and guilted themselves. Like, well, I had a fine childhood, (laughs) you know, I should be over this. (laughs) Everything was fine. Can you flush that out for me a little bit? Well, 
if there is anything that happened, first of all, the thing when, when trauma or adversity happens, we tend to minimize it. We just do. It's, it's a coping skill. It's a mechanism to say, keep going, survive it. Uh, so it doesn't have to, what might've been traumatic for someone wouldn't be for another. And what was for another wasn't for someone else. So it doesn't, there's no scale to this. This is why a lot of people, a lot of trauma therapists too, uh, and specialists are trying. It's one of those words where if you use it too much, people think there's some like form around it. And it really, it, it isn't, it can be whatever feels overwhelming to you. It can be simple, even the little things of losing a loved one before it was early, divorce, bullying, shame. I just have a hard time when anyone tells me I don't have any trauma. I wonder if you have been allowed to feel. Mm -hmm. I really wonder if you were allowed to cry and be sad and to have emotions when you were a child. A lot of people that I've worked with who say, my life was, I don't, they look at the adverse child experiences, which is 10 questions, uh, five being about your external environment. Like if you're raised in poverty, if there were drugs in the house and five of them being questions more about, did somebody do something to you? But those are not the only questions of trauma. They just help to understand the specific group of people who were trying to lose weight, couldn't lose weight, or they would lose it and then gain it back. Um, it came off of a Kaiser Permanente study in the 1980s. So it's very fascinating because it was one of the beginning ones to look at weight loss as it connects to there's something bigger going on here. There's, there's abuse. There's something that happened. So those aren't the only questions. It could be anything. But when I have a, a client or a friend or someone who says, I don't, nothing on the trauma, no, nothing on adverse childhood experiences fits me because it is pretty extreme. I'll give them that. But they will say that they have a hard time feeling mm -hmm. like I don't feel like I feel fine. I feel, I don't really know to cry or should I, I just kind of stiff upper lip or keep going. That in itself is the work to do as well. Our emotions are not a bad thing. God is an emoting God. Um, so it's time to just allow yourself to explore, explore what it would might feel like to really mourn with those who mourn mm -hmm. secondhand trauma experiencing yeah. because you've gone with someone else's trouble. That's Jesus is acquainted with our sufferings. Are we acquainted with others? And I would say we're not really good at that because we tend to go, that's messy. I just want to stay tidy in my life, but that tidy little life is keeping us disconnected from God, ourselves and others. And so we wonder, why am I still feeling dissatisfied? Maybe it's because we're not feeling uh, as a full person. So um, I think be careful about, uh, don't worry about the answer to those questions. I would go after the question with the Lord of why, what is it with my heart? What is it that you see with my heart? Right. Cause you, uh, the man, God does not look at the outside. He's looking at the heart. Is my heart fully alive God so that I can think, feel, and choose according to your wishes, desires, and what would please your heart. Just work on that and allow yourself to feel or not feel and go metabolize, work it out with him. Mm -hmm. He can, he will reveal. Yeah, that's so good. And I mean, I relate to that completely. I sat mm -hmm. in a counselor's office probably 12 years ago 
was like, I don't have any problems. I'm not sure, <laughs> you know, like why we're yeah. here. Like maybe it's yeah. him. It was marriage counseling. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine. My parents stayed together. And, and really, I mean, actually it was probably even more than 12 years ago. It has been a journey mm-hmm. of coming into the messiness and yes. digging out things that had been neatly packed away that I didn't want to do. Wow. There it and is. I think that's, that's where a lot of us get stuck on this body image, chase the better. Yes. If I could just yes. get the better body, it's all going to be fixed, but no, yes. it's not Yes, <laughs> like yes. that's covering for something. That's right. And, and then beyond that, at least you talk about, you know, just it's it, the kind of, I know you use the body keeps the score, which is a, a, mm-hmm. a great book. I've probably oh, read it before. Yes. But can you just kind of lay out, like how, how do our bodies keep track <laughs> of mm of these past hurts, pains, Mm -hmm. traumas, if you will. Yes. Well, let's go all the way back. Um, Before you had cognitive words, before Mm -hmm. you could think yourself through a situation, before you knew how to lie and like try to get out of the problem or the the spilled milk or whatever you did as a child, right? We, We learned very early as a child to stay safe. We, mm-hmm. we, we aren't honest. We're born little sinners who are <laughs> needing a safe place. Mm-hmm. And if as a child, when you're born, your body is teaching you about the world. You don't have cognitive reasons to say, I'm hungry. I will now cry. Your body tells you you're hungry. Mm-hmm. You cry. Uh, your body told you it's cold. You cried, right? So there's a trigger and a response or there's a cue and there's a response. Your body was teaching you before you had the words and your body was also squirting out little stress hormones, little mm-hmm. chemical response to a situation, whether it was a, a positive or a negative. If you were in a home environment where you were nurtured and cared for by someone else's body. Mm-hmm. And someone else's words and song, right? A baby doesn't know what words are being sung over them, mm-hmm. but they, they feel the vibration of a, of a song, the hum. They hear that same voice that they heard when they were in the womb. It's all embodied experience. That leaves a massive imprint on us as a child. And again, if we lack this uh, a safety and attachment in a home where we're cuddled and, and snuggled and feel warm and safe, then as we grow and we're two years old, three years old, and we experience something where we did something wrong because we're a child and we will, mm-hmm. if our environment wasn't one of safety and to be encouraged, if our parents didn't do their work of health their emotions get sprayed out at us. We receive that as, oh no, I'm in trouble. Your body shoots out these hormones, stress hormones, cortisol. From the moment you are a baby in your mother's womb, you are creating, you're this little chemical factory. That's part of what you're holding in your body year after year after year. That's why crying can feel really good if you can do it because it releases protein chemicals that can come out and help reset the body back to a place of homeostasis. So our bodies are constantly receiving this information. When we're young, we're resilient. But as we get age and we get older and we're still shoving these things down and trying to bootstrap ourselves through like we do here in the United States, it starts to compound. And this is why we see illness, autoimmune, chronic illness and disease show up around the age of 40 or so. Life has hit us from all sides. 
We're stressed all the time. We have phones dinging, bosses making demands, hormones, hormones, stress. My factory is toxic. It's being held in my body. This is why doctors will say if you're coming to them for some type of illness or sickness, um, hopefully a good doctor, do you have an exercise routine? Mm -hmm. Because they know moving your body, uh, well, hopefully they know moving your body. Hopefully they're not like weight focused doctors Mm -hmm. or like, well, you need to get your weight down because there's health at every size and there's unhealth at every size. I believe that (laughs) firmly. It has to do with what's going on inside your chemical factory here. If I've got chronic stress, that cortisol running through me. I will have high blood pressure. If I have high blood pressure, I have coronary heart disease. I open myself up to cancer. So mm-hmm. I, I hope you all see your your body is your pen and your hormones are the ink. Mm-hmm. So what your body is writing, what's coming out, depending on what kind of chemistry, what mm-hmm. kind of what kind of chemistry is going on inside of me. You mm-hmm. can't outsmart it. You can't. You can mm-hmm. try and if you can do all the things, but if you don't have a a neutrality of like, okay, this is an emotion. I don't have to respond to it in a toxic way. If you don't have that, the body will keep the score for you. Mm-hmm. And eventually you, you pay somewhere, <laughs> pay mm-hmm. now or pay later. Yeah. So I think we just have got to come back to an understanding that our bodies have value. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to pay attention to what it's telling me. Mm-hmm. We are too disembodied. We are all up here. We are all walking around like heads, floating heads, tons of information, tons of knowledge, tons of output. I can create things, but there we're forgetting 90% of who we are. And that is bodies that are able to rest, play, laugh, enjoy, and explore life. Instead, we've kind of relegated ourselves to thinking our well, ourselves through the world. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. That's such a good explanation. So for the woman who's listening today, it's like, yes, okay. You got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I've got the pain. I've got the hurt. I've I, like, I feel that I sense that I know she's talking about me. Can you give her some hope? Hmm. Yeah. The hope is this Jesus knows mm-hmm. and he's not ashamed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he waits for you. He's at mm-hmm. the door knocking He won't bully himself in. Uh, I love saying this prayer. I say it often in any of our podcasts. When we start a podcast or revving the word, we're removing our bodies. Uh, I'll say, uh, say this prayer with me. Jesus, come into my heart and make yourself completely at home. Mm -hmm. Just come on in. And when you think about hosting someone in your home, someone wants to come into your home. They just want to, they want to hang out. They want to rest. They want to be with you. They don't want you to go in the other room and do some work. Um, they don't want you to try and squeeze in time here and there for them. They just want to be with you. They want to hang out. You want to be a good host and show them the beauty of wherever you live. And and um, although God, the Lord doesn't need entertainment, you, you don't have to put on a show for him. He just wants to be with you. Mm. And where he is, is fullness of joy, mm. joy. And joy isn't happiness of like, yay, everything's great. Joy is good courage mm. and good cheer. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Okay. Well, I've sent many women to you over the years as a safe place to find workouts. Mm, uh, good. So God. they're not triggered by, you know, no. the language of, you know, do this or no one will ever love you. Yeah. <laughs> or work off that cookie or right. you deserve the body of your dreams. Really? I deserve right. it? Okay. <laughs> no. But will you just kind of tell the listeners for those who aren't familiar with everything RevWell does, just tell us what you have to offer. 
We have lots to offer. You can go to revelationwellness.org. Actually, there's a tab that says new to us. And if you're new to us, we'll walk you through. It's like a five-step start here. And if you've done this, go here and try this. It's it's a lot of free stuff um, that we're really going to help you. Physical and spiritual practices for you to live a wholehearted faith, fully faith, fully alive faith. Uh, we have um, an app. We have our podcast. We have uh, Revwell TV, which is the workouts. Um, and in the end, we really are not about the fitness. We are about you embodying the faith of Jesus Christ because your love is made seen through body. You, because you have a body, love can be made seen. Mm -hmm. And so everything on there will, will walk you through that. We have programs, different, um, different 21 day, you know, uh, trainings you can go through and, um, yeah, if you're looking for it in terms of to become wholehearted, embodied person without diet culture, that is the stop for you. Awesome. And your new book, The Body Revelation is out everywhere. Books are sold. Any place you want to direct people, anything you're offering around that right now? Uh, well, I don't know when this is coming out. Um, it, uh, August. Okay. Well, yeah. yep. All you got to do, go to uh, thebodyrevelationbook.com and um, you can get the book there anywhere books are sold. And we definitely have instructors around the world, over 2000 instructors around the world that are going through small groups. If you're looking for um, a community to go through, which we be- to go through the book with, which I believe this book does, it, it lends itself best to be in small group community, mm-hmm. five to seven people. You can go to the website and look for an instructor near you who has been trained. Uh, we work with them to facilitate the content in the book so that you can metabolize your pain. Wonderful. Alisa, thanks so much. And I'll make sure that links to all of that are in the Thank show you. notes. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being here today. Would you mind praying us out? Would I would love to. Thank I you. would love to. Everyone, let's take a breath. Relax your jaw. Soften your hands. Inhale. Exhale. That right there is a prayer for you, Jesus. Thank you for the gift of our breath. Thank you that where there is breath, there is life. And where there is life, there is hope. That there is nothing that is too hard for you. Thank you that your invitation to come to you and receive a gentle and easy yoke still stands. We are grateful for that, God. I ask, Lord, that you would release a grace for the listener here that is looking for a way out that they can get out of the cycle, get out of the swirl, God, and find their feet on the solid ground of Jesus Christ, the rock that we build our life on. God, I ask for a tenderness, a compassion of who you are to rise up for them to know that you are smiling and enjoying them. And you are asking to dance with them, to move with them, to, to breathe with them, God, that there'd be a radical uh, encounter of your presence with them as they access anything that would put you at the center of their body being. Jesus, thank you that you are the healer, the redeemer, And in you, all things hold together, body, soul, and spirit. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you for what you're doing on the earth. There is a new definition and a new story to be told about who we are as whole people loving you. So tell it, God, and let our lives 
sing that song. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, Elisa Keaton, thanks again so much for being on the show today. Heather, thank you. I had a great time. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. The Compare To Show is glad to be part of the Life Audio Network of Podcasts. For great Christian podcasts and every topic under the sun, go to lifeaudio.com. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to compare to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at compare to who.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.